special Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS, October 16th. Come on! Schumer said. Winton. Grand. Bill Nido. And uh, how about Sananello? We never, never talked to our friends out there on the I five. Hey, here, welcome, Citizen Watch. Saturday morning. It's early and fresh. It's October sixteenth, twenty twenty one. So happy to have you here with me. I know that you've suffered. Through some repeats for the last uh, couple of weeks, especially that 6 a.m. hour. I know uh, some folks heard Lloyd Pereira for the first time last weekend. And it was, uh, well, it was more than two, but again, a great interview. Got a lot of good feedback from last weekend, actually. But this is fresh, 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 right off the farm. Farm fresh at the 8 o'clock hour. If you've noticed the Facebook post, we are going to have Sheriff Vern Warnke... In studio, he came in, he was nice enough, uh, really short notice, he was a very, very busy man, had just a moment to talk, and uh, we discussed a lot of uh, wide-ranging issues, we can never get to everything that we want to do, I'm going to do everything myself here, ah, got to get ready to go out of the first segment, again, the 6 a.m. hour, Vern Warnke will be in the 8 a.m. hour, and also, the bonus half hour, he was nice enough to stay Again, a wide-ranging discussion. A lot of things going on over there at the county, as you know. A new CEO, chief executive officer. They're in the middle of that search. $506,000 a year for that position. So you want to make sure, very sure, that you get somebody that's well-qualified in all the areas and that can lead the county forward, Vern, Sheriff Warnke, excuse me, and I talked about how important it is to have that leadership kind of uh, hurting the board of supervisors, one through five, as we like to say. We'll just use numbers from now on. We don't want to, and it may or may not correspond to the district, but it probably will. Anyway, the CEO position needs to be filled. Jim Brown leaving. Big shoes to fill, I might add. He's done a wonderful job, taken a lot of uh, observations from this show over the years. But again, when you're in the lead position, that's what happens. And we need to position Merced County the best we can. And out of 58 counties, we can certainly improve our position in the rankings. We have so much going on for us, and it takes a good leader at the county to do that. And, of course, public safety is a big deal. As you know, the sheriff is not out of the woods yet with some of the needs for facilities, for additional... Well, the manpower actually is doing pretty well, but you have to maintain it. You have to be always aware of the needs of the uh, enforcement out there in the field, equipment, all of that stuff. It's just an amazing... Uh, an amazing responsibility, public safety. And there's some very eye-opening comments by the sheriff as far as what you need and what you don't need in county government and what should be the priority and maybe what can take a back seat 
when the uh, realities meet the rhetoric. Because all of this stuff about, oh, let's defund law enforcement, defund the police, ICE out, no ICE, I don't want ICE. Well, the reality of it is we need law enforcement. We need public safety. And that includes fire, of course. But the point being is you can't do without it. It's not getting any cheaper, and it's just going to cost more. The good thing that came out of the interview was no public safety tax, which, of course, we're very cautious of any tax increases that are proposed. I don't see any on the horizon, especially after the last election cycle, where the tax measures that were floated in this county were soundly, soundly defeated. Measure J, college measure, measure O in uh, Atwater. Again, these issues, not saying there aren't needs, but the citizens are being taxed to death. We look around us, inflation. I don't think you can get a gallon of gas now under $4. Diesel has gone through the roof. If you people are not aware, diesel is how this country runs. The freight trains, all of these trucks. We're not into the electric fleet of trucks or trains yet. I don't know. I think Governor Newsom's going to propose we use sails, maybe go back to steam engines on the railroad. I don't know. He banned all small engine sales after 2024. Of course, the caveat there, a lot of folks aren't seeing. That's if the existing, uh, if the new technology, rather, can keep up, which I don't think it's going to be there even in two years, energy density, that sort of thing. But the point being is a lot of things are changing. A lot of things are costing more, and they're not going to get cheaper. It seems that this administration takes glee in the rising costs. They say that rising inflation is a sign that people are buying things and that we need to address the climate. And so what if gas is $6 a gallon? That'll just get you out of your car and onto your feet. It's really a backwards world. And here in our own county, we need to keep moving steadily ahead, progressing, trying to get development. And that's why the CEO's position is so important. Also, the sheriff will be coming up for election next year. So far unopposed. I can't imagine anybody throwing their hat in the ring that would even be remotely qualified. Of course, the superintendent from the Merced County Office of Education, Dr. Steve Teachin, he is up for re-election. There's another gentleman, I believe, that has thrown his hat into the ring. I think he had a, a little uh, tent or a, some sort of, uh, what do you want to call it, a booth at the Mercado event. Which, by the way, was an absolutely wonderful, wonderful time. The last one, unfortunately, was last Thursday, the 7th. Of course, the weather's going to be getting colder and the nights are going to be getting shorter when we change the time here at the end of the month. But it was a really good run. I, I think that they have something uh, that will be really uh, special next year. I hope they bring it back. I think that's the plan. I'm sure it'll be bigger and better. But that was a really nice time. But anyway, there was a gentleman out there who is running for superintendent of the school, uh, Merced County Office of Education, against Dr. Teach. And I'll have to get his name and find out what uh, his candidacy is all about. But it's going to start heating up from now until November of 2022, which is just a short year away. Of course, the primaries will be coming up. A lot of people think they're in March. I think they're in June on these off years. It's only the presidential years we have the March primary that we went to. 
And if you're unopposed, you really don't have to go much further than the primary and the general election is just a just an exercise. But a lot of things coming up on the horizon, of course, we'll cover them with you. But again, I really appreciate Sheriff Warnke coming in to the studios. I'm thinking what we're going to talk about next. I have a lot because we weren't here last week. And I wanted to talk about some things last week that were current, but I think it's still applicable. As I was coming in this morning, I have many different uh, routes I could get into the station. They're all about the same when there's no traffic out on the street. And you think, well, you know, I don't want to go through this area. Maybe this area is better. So I was traveling along North Bear Creek thinking, hey, how bad can that be? Almost to G Street. Here's this person, homeless person. I would assume, based on the clothing or lack of, and kind of the dist, uh, you know, the unkempt appearance, unkempt appearance of the uh, individual. I believe it was a, a gentleman, and he was just waving his arms, had a, a shirt or something, you know, waving out in the middle of the street, and uh, it just kind of unnerving that early in the morning, a residential area. And I see this a lot coming into the the studio early in the morning, where our streets. Uh, seem to be populated late at night by folks just kind of wandering around, walking around. And I really think it's kind of a public safety issue. And I say that because there was a strong-arm robbery on South Bear Creek in Parsons. And again, I took North Bear Creek for a reason, because this incident happened well, it was a couple of weeks ago now, like I say, I've been off. But the strong-arm robbery on Bear Creek in Parsons, and they suspect it was the same person that had used a gun to try, uh, to try to rob a guy of his bike over by the A&M market. That's kind of over by the county building. Uh, what's that? 23rd and K. Anyway, uh, the gentleman was unsuccessful. I think he beat the guy up pretty good, but they found the gun, what they believed to be the gun that he used to try to rob the gentleman of his bike the day prior in the creek. Or that day they found it in the creek. And then the next day, the same guy, kind of described as a, well, could be homeless, I don't know, maybe somebody that lives in the neighborhood, who knows, but uh, came up from the creek. Some lady was parking her car or had just gotten home. And again, right there at South Bear Creek and Parsons, in that general vicinity, they didn't say the exact address, obviously, but still, the point being, pretty unnerving, isn't it? And when you think about all the folks that are living along the creek, down along the bank, under the bridge at McKee Road, there's at least 10 people living there every night, roaming in and out, roaming about the neighborhood, doing, I don't know, security patrol. Maybe it's a neighborhood watch. But it's just very uh, sad to see that there was a strong arm robbery. The only thing that's thankful is that it did not turn out to be worse than it was. It could have ended up very, very badly, and I, I'm thankful that it didn't. So anyway, I just wanted to bring up the fact that it seems like our little community, our little town, has a lot of issues late at night, early morning. I don't know if other people notice it because you're, you're not out as much, but I would hope that the Merced Police Department, the sheriff, those folks that are out there, or taking care of those issues, at least stopping those folks, ask, asking where they go. I don't know, maybe that's illegal now to do field interviews when something looks out of place. That's kind of the, the rule. You know, if it doesn't look right, stop and ask. 
Of course, the homeless situation on G and 13th Street, I had made a note of this, how it was just getting uh, more and more expansive, more additions going on, no building permits that I saw. Of course, if you want to do something at your house, you want to glue a couple of two-by-fours together for a, you know, a gazebo or a, maybe a, a rear deck, a, a little patio cover, boy, you better get that permit. And let me tell you, that's an arduous task. But those folks on 13th and G, they are just forging ahead. Now, I don't know if they're going to have a Halloween event over there, similar to Hunter Farms or some of the other venues we have here in town, but they certainly could charge admission, couldn't they? If uh, they all dressed up, maybe had a little uh, haunted house walk. But how we let that go on is just absolutely unbelievable to me. I know we celebrated Code Enforcement Week or month. I said it should be a month. And code enforcement has done a good job. And I realize that this is Caltrans and it's very difficult to enforce state property. The one time that we did with the mayor on one of his many monthly, weekly, almost daily cleanups, weekly cleanups, uh, they got very upset, Caltrans, that we had trespassed on the property and thrown people's trash away without proper notice and blah, blah, blah with the threat of if you do it again, it'll be worse. So, you know, you just, you can't even pick up trash now without permission. But yet we allow that situation to go on over there. And I really think it's a safety hazard. I think it's a, a big issue. Well, here we are at the end of the first segment of the six o'clock hour. It's going to be an all original weekend here. We've got Roger Wood at seven. Of course, myself with Sheriff Warnke at eight. The bonus half hour at nine. And then we're going to finish up with Real Living Today. Dr. Bob, he's going to be at 9.30. Been there for, he's been on the air longer than I have. Well, we'll be back. Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Hey, here we are. Hey, Saturday morning, October 16, 2021, second segment, Citizen Watch, 6 a.m. hour. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Yeah, I was worried about driving down the street. People standing in the middle of Bear Creek at uh, very early in the morning. Let's just say that. Anyway, uh, a lot of things going on. Did I get that off the old machine? Oh, here it is. City Council meeting Monday night. You don't want to miss it. Merced City Council, that is. October 18th. It'll be in person, I think. You know, I was watching the Atwater City Council meeting. John Cale, I think he's Mayor Pro Tem, uh, has thrown his bowler in the ring for the uh, mayoral spot when it comes up next year. 
he was the only one on the dais that I saw besides the city attorney and the city manager. I think everybody was virtual. The sound was turned down during the invocation. An 11-minute meeting over there in Atwater. I mean, that's, uh, what is that, a, the Evelyn Woodhead meeting course? I, I just can't believe that. It was a 11 minutes. And uh, it was, it was uh, hard to kind of follow along, but... There was, uh, it was all kind of virtual. You know, they asked, are there any uh, hands showing on the Zoom? I mean, is this what we're going back to now? The Zoom, Zoom, Zoom? I thought we were over COVID, especially in the city of Atwater. I mean, sanctuary biz, sanctuary this, sanctuary that. They didn't want to close the businesses over the COVID. I'm sure they're not closing City Hall. So I'll have to find out more about that for you folks. But Monday night at the city of Merced, there's going to be a big one. And again, we're going to kind of do, I guess, a hybrid because there was a there was a big meeting, of course, at the first of the month over there at City Hall on the fourth. And let me tell you, there was a lot, a lot of issues that came up uh, regarding the regarding the Mansionette folks and their interface with a project over there on the corner of Yosemite. And G Street, it's going to be one of the first public hearing items Monday night. There's a lot on the consent calendar. We'll try to get to. We'll try to get to some of that. The uh, Yosemite Crossing development at the northeast corner of Yosemite Avenue and G Street. They want to allow the inclusion of a car wash, additional retail buildings, realignment of the uses on site, and an increase. Of 52 multifamily units from 44 to 96. So you got to do a little MCOE math there. 52 plus 44 is 96. So the recommendation is to adopt uh, this approval. And last time, it did not go far. Bertha Perez, Councilwoman Perez, was not in attendance, as well as Councilmember Blake. So you had five people, and they needed four to pass this resolution, because this is what they call a plan development, folks, PD. So PIP, uh, typically they come in and they, they propose this plan, and it has it's a little different in the zoning, if you will, in the fact that it can do a lot of different things, because you have multiple uses. You have residential, you have commercial, blah, 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 blah. That's why it's called a plan development. And so they come with this plan, and sometimes, well, things don't go as planned. Either the phases don't go when they think they're going to go, because a lot of them, they're cut up into phases, you know, one, two, three, four. They can't afford to build the whole thing at once. Need to build phase one, rent that out, get a little little money, a little interest coming in, and then, you know, two, three, and four. So they're looking ahead on this particular project with the housing element. It's no secret that there's a need for housing here in the city of Merced, affordable housing, a variety of housing. These would be, again, apartments. Does it say apartments? Well, multifamily units. And I, I think there is some concern on the neighborhood that, hey, what if they go to condos? What if they're sold? I don't know. But anyway, multifamily units. Right now, it's apartments. And the theory of the developer is we need a critical mass more than the 44 originally approved. We need to not only add to that, but double it. And then, a, and then some. So that we can have an on-site manager, an on-site maintenance guy, you know, personnel, blah, blah, blah. 
less than less than what we're asking for in this new proposal. It's a, you know, it's a drive by, see how things are. And of course, it's more, uh, you know, better thing to have on site management. I, I would think you'd have it at 44, but I don't know. Anyway, the residents were concerned about this additional residential use because that's kind of all hours as opposed to a commercial use. Things close down nine, 10 o'clock at night. And the car wash, surprisingly, wasn't a big deal because those can be noisy, especially at either end. The big blower, all of the noise coming out of the tunnel kind of amplifies and pushes itself out like a Bose speaker. And that wasn't a big deal. And they had done a lot of uh, presentation, staff presentation about zones and noise and zones and decibels and all of these things. And there really wasn't any concern on the neighborhood's part that I saw about that. It was more this residential component and how it interfaced with their existing homes, very nice homes over there in the Mansionette neighborhood. Because there's a block retaining wall right now. It's not that high. I think it's five or six feet. And it separates this vacant field that's been there for years and years and years. Of course, now it's being developed. And in a couple of the courts, the cul-de-sacs that butt up against this block wall, there's an opening. And the concern is that folks are going to go through that opening into the neighborhood and disrupt the quality of life. Also, the height of the apartments, looking into the backyards of some of the folks is a concern. And again, the zoning allows three-story buildings, and that's, that's a tough one to overcome. But the presentation at the city council meeting was very interesting. Michael Bowomany got up and submitted an entire new set of drawings, plans. They were just sketches. Reorientating the buildings to address that concern of the neighbors. Also, the solar impact on the balconies or the living quarters and you know the view that the people had. It was really kind of interesting. Councilman, there's former councilman Bowomany has done this many, many times at many meetings, even when he was councilman, where he would redesign the project and submit it at the time of the well, kind of final approval. And while his observations and comments have a lot of merit, I think the timing was maybe the issue there, because again, this developer was looking to get the plans that they had spent a lot of money on in time approved and they weren't really looking to reorientate buildings and that sort of thing redesigning at at that point unfortunately the vote was three to two two people were against this increase in units after hearing a voluminous testimony from the residents there at the mansionette properties uh, different addresses there different folks came up very eloquent Reminded, my, uh, reminded me of our issues that we've had when we were annexed into the city over there along McKee Road. Some of the developments that have come along, the concerns. Again, I completely empathize with the residents and what they're saying. And I like to think that there can be some sort of solution. And uh, that will be discussed Monday night at the city council meeting. But Delray Shelton and Councilman Echeverria, Fernando Echeverria, uh, sided with the residents, the other council folks that were there, the mayor, Matt Serrato, Sarah Boyle, and Jesse Ornalis. Uh, they were willing to go ahead with the recommendation to add these units. 
There wasn't a lot of talk about affordable housing, which kind of surprised me. There has been a lot of talk in the past about developments, especially north of Yosemite Avenue, to have an affordable housing element more so than they have to date. But again, that didn't get a lot of traction. It just seemed that the additional units would be welcome because, again, there's such a shortage of housing in general here in Merced. I don't think we should fall into that trap necessarily, but uh, I understand. So there's going to be a lot of, that's going to be a, probably a pretty big issue. And I assume, I hope, that Kevin Blake and Councilwoman Perez will be in attendance Monday night. Because we find that without one person, uh, you either get split votes or you don't get the, uh, the quorum, the, the necessary votes you need in some of these, I call them super majorities. Well, I guess it wasn't a super, four to three. Anyway, there was only five people there, two, two again, so it was a three-two. So the developer, unfortunately, did not get the green light to go ahead. And in the development world, especially when you're out there actively moving dirt, two weeks is a long time. So I'm hoping this issue can get put to bed now. There was some comment by some of the council about kind of poo-pooing developers, not giving them the, I think, the respect that they deserve here in this community for coming to our community to invest $75 million in our community. And to say, well, if you're not going to give us what we want, we'll just look for new developers. Let me tell you something. They're not just out there hanging around waiting to you know, get off the off-ramp here. If there were, they'd be here because they're developers. And that's not a bad word. We live in a capitalistic, free market, free enterprise society. And these guys and gals and consortiums and enterprises and LLCs, they're all looking to make a buck, but also to provide a quality of life that the community doesn't have. So we should be happy for those folks that are willing to come into our community and drop multiple millions on the gamble that it's not going to be destroyed and that it's going to be prosperous and they're going to make some money. And the surrounding community will appreciate, maybe not initially, but eventually that investment. But I, don't, I think we should have a little more respect, especially from some of our elected leaders, towards the development community. You know, these, uh, this is very, very expensive these days. There's lots of regulations. You, you can only imagine what it's like to build in California, to run a business in California. I mean, they develop these spaces, and they hope that somebody's going to come in and try to open a business in them. Look at all the vacancies we have downtown, all of the vacant storefronts, all of the four rent signs. So again, these new developments, I think we should... Just have a bit more respect for the developer, the development community. I'm not saying that the existing community, the residents that live there, especially in Manchinette, should be walked over, should be not, not be considered. One of the only criticisms I have about these planned developments is they change too damn much. You know, they come with a development. They say, hey, we're going to do this. Now, the move would have been to show a future apartments, you know, someday we may build, build an additional 52 here because they're doubling the land size. It's not like they're putting 96 on the same footprint. The footprint's bigger. Like I say, they want to change the uses. But it just doesn't, 
I don't know, it just doesn't come off right to the, to the community. They're, they kind of feel like they were, you know, always going to do this. Or why didn't you tell us? You know, why didn't we know? You know, we knew what we were going to get. And now you're telling us we're not going to get that. I don't think anybody really has a problem with the car wash or the retail buildings, the alignment of uses. Nobody's talked about the, the hotel or motel that's supposed to go in there. The that's a very transient use occupancy. And some folks are concerned, uh, could be concerned about that. I don't think it's a big deal. But the apartments, yeah, when you double the size, I think it's, uh, it's just the way it's presented. So again, that'll be a, a huge deal Monday night, along with some other items. The ARPA funding, the council is going to have a study session. This is the American Recovery Money, $27 million that the city of Merced got. The county knows what they're going to do with their money. Of course, at the board meeting Tuesday, the 19th, they'll be discussing that. They pretty much uh, are going to use it for program funding. This is existing projects that they need to do. We talked to the sheriff about that. Almost 20% going to The Rock, John LaRocca, fixing that up finally, using that grant money we've had for years. Hey, anyway, things take time in government. That's why they call it the glacial pace of government. They've been going through climate change a lot. Hey, we're out of time for the second segment. We'll be back. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1488 AM, KYOS. This might be a little early to fix a drink. Depending on what time zone you're in. Hey, here we are, Citizen Watch, Saturday morning, third and final segment of the 6 a.m. hour, October 16th, 2021. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. I can get you buzzed, I can get you smiling, I can make you feel like you're sitting on an island. I can make it fruity. Yeah, I can make it fruity. I can make it strong. I can do it all day long here on Citizen Watch. So happy to have you here with us. Hey, don't forget, 8 o'clock, 8 a.m. I have Sheriff Vern Warnke in studio. Also, the bonus half hour at 9. Extra 25 minutes with the sheriff. I think everybody will enjoy that. You don't want to miss Roger after this show. That's right. Roger Wood, Citizen, uh, Citizen Watch, Community Conversations, six great episodes. Let me tell you how the times are changing. This will be the first community conversation where Roger in, uh, interviews the principals from One Leaf, which is a marijuana cannabis. I guess you use the word cannabis. I always like to say weed. One of these weed pot shops over there in Atwater. And uh, it was, I think you'll enjoy it. Before we got on, Roger goes, how do you spell marijuana? I go, P-O-T. It's real simple. So, uh, Roger, going outside his, uh, his normal zone of interviews, you know, usually it's the school districts. Uh, what else do we do? You know, courthouse museum. But now, one leaf. You don't want to miss that. 
eight minutes and 20 seconds. Again, every week, Roger does a wonderful job with community conversations. We were thinking yesterday, how long have you been here? It's a long time, longer than, longer than myself. And I feel like I've uh, been here quite some time. Of course, we have 200 and some odd shows on the Internet for you to enjoy. You can always go to our website, 1480kyos.com. You can always listen to us live that way, too. What do they call that? Live streaming. And there's a little banner up there, podcast. You click on that. There they are. All the Citizen Watch shows. Also, Roger shows. We've got Roger up there. Uh, by, uh, by popular demand, his primarily. No, I'm teasing. Now, a lot of people like to hear that. And it works out really well. On the Merced City Council agenda, besides the mansionette issue... And let me tell you, let me just go back to that for a minute. There's a solution there. It's, it's, I think it's easy. It's going to take a little money. I hope the developer is willing to pay it. I'd like to think they would, and that'll make everybody happy. So I hope that happens Monday night. Now, you know, reading through the council meeting, I think I have answered my own question that I brought up earlier. AB 361 this is an assembly bill about hybrid meetings. Now, I'm not happy about this at all. The city council finds that during a proclaimed state of emergency and state or local officials have imposed and recommended measures to promote social distancing. The city council and all commissions and committee meetings will be held as hybrid meetings. So now I get it. Now I get it. The control continues. Again, you want to listen to the sheriff. You want to listen to the sheriff. What he has to say at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, about this kind of thing. So evidently, the council, the boards and commissions, they'll meet together and everything will be done via Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. The hybrid model. Now, we're not doing that for the school kids because we know that's a loser. But yet we can do it for government? I don't like this at all. I don't like this at all. I'm going to have to look into AB 361 and get back with you folks, but it, evidently it's being implemented at, in Atwater. I knew something was different, something was wrong, because this is wrong. You need to be there in person. Now, we can be in person everywhere else. We can go to Home Depot. You can buy a bag, a bag of ready mix. You can buy a, a two-by-four, but they won't let you participate at the council chambers. Because of social distancing? No, this is legislative distancing. This is constitutional distancing. This is unacceptable. AB 361. Man, I wonder who wrote that. I wonder if Adam Gray voted for that. I will look into that. Hybrid in-person slash virtual meetings. Hybrid. That's the new term. Hybrid. The electeds don't want to look in your eye. They don't like it. When the folks from Manchinette go up there, now they can just, you know, put you on pause or, you know, click the camera off like they did so many times when we were doing that last year or earlier this year. No, no, no. This is not good at all. It'll be interesting to see what the city council of Merced does. Making findings consistent with the requirements. See, it's so easy. To go along with this. Well, that's what we were told. Well, you know, it's an assembly bill. It's a law. Is it a law or is it a recommendation? Now, I had to read a PSA this week. 
and it was disappointing about Veterans Day. We're going to have a virtual Veterans Day parade. You know what that means? That means they park all the floats along the side of the road and you drive your cars through. Because again, they can't trust you out on the sidewalk outside. I, I, I don't get this. When are we going to give up? Well, I guess we've given up our rights. But when are we going to gain control back of our lives, of our processes, of government? You talk about milking a crisis here in California. This is insane. AB 361, the hybrid approach to meetings? I guess it's to protect you, but from what, I'm not quite sure. Anyway, I, would, uh, I guess this is maybe your last chance to attend a city council meeting in person if they vote for this here at the city of Merced. Evidently, evidently in Atwater, they're doing that now. I have not seen this in other meetings. Of course, I don't, haven't watched a lot of meetings lately, but that, that's just very, that's very interesting. Very, very interesting. A lot of things going on in the consent calendar at the city of Merced. In the meeting coming up, they're going to waive the competitive bidding process to buy another $200,000 in PPE equipment, personal protective equipment for the COVID situation. I don't know. You're not going to have anybody there from the public. I guess this is to protect the, protect the folks back there. And then they're going to do some, uh, or there in City Hall, masks, that sort of thing. Hey, it costs a lot of money for these masks. I imagine that's also test kits. I don't know what the city's position on this mandatory vaccination Interesting talking to the sheriff uh, about the mandatory vaccination potentially of our deputies. Some eye-opening comments about that. You'll hear that at 8 o'clock. They're going to have some CMAC uh, grant funds. This is the uh, congestion mitigation and air quality improvement. No, it's not electric vehicles. It's actually much simpler than that. It's sidewalks. Construction of sidewalks over there on 7th and 8th streets between Linda Lane and West Avenue. Also, uh, 7th Street and Lopes Avenue. These are areas that have not had sidewalks for years. The west side has suffered. And I think this is a, a great expenditure of almost well, 403000 And again, you don't get a lot of sidewalks for 403000 You get less roads. I had somebody ask me the other day, where's all the money going for roads? Well, they're spending it, but you just don't get a lot per lane mile or per mile. Not lane mile, but road mile. It's uh, getting up there to a million dollars. So if you get seven, eight million dollars from Measure C, well, figure it out. Or Measure V or whatever, Measure SB1, whatever you're doing. How's that gas price going for you guys, huh? Don't you feel good about that? Pretty soon it's going to be five. You know that, five dollars a gallon. So inflation off the charts. It's unbelievable. They gave Social Security five percent raise, almost a six percent raise to Social Security, to Social Security, which I found amazing. So the other thing they're going to do here is they are going to change a lot of positions. When I say change, they're going to rename some positions at the city, have some uh, different names for folks. They're going to get rid of economic development. They're going to have an economic development manager, an economic development associate, and deletion of the economic development director in the economic development department. So they're going to just kind of call them call them different things, managers and associate instead of a director. Frank Quintero, as you know, who is the 
deputy city manager, was the economic development director. I think he still has that hat. They're going to approve the addition of a human resources manager and a human resources technician one and the deletion of a human resources director. And I think what this does is probably uh, free up some money because these other positions probably aren't as much as a director. Director sounds pretty official, doesn't it? I mean, that's, that's big bucks in government. And then the addition of a management analyst and the deletion of a senior management analyst in the Development Services Department and approving the addition of two refuse equipment operator ones and one container maintenance work worker in the public works department. As you know, we just bought a couple of uh, new trash trucks, so you got to have somebody run those around the mean streets of Merced. And again, getting rid of a uh, management, a senior management analyst and just calling them a management analyst sounds like that uh, has a little cost savings there too. So that's what that's what that's all about. I don't see a, a big issue with that to you. Then there's going to be a lot of reports on affordable housing, getting affordable housing partners. And again, these developers are not that hard to find or are not that easy to find, excuse me, especially, especially in affordable housing. You see a lot of groups now that are specifically put together, develop development uh, partnerships specifically put together to develop affordable housing, to try to take advantage of the tax breaks to operate and maintain these units for a period of years, 30 years, 20 years, because it's a business. It has to be looked at as a business. You can't just build it and walk away from it. So finding these partners in the community that can navigate the HUD regulations, all of the different monies that come into these projects, into these, uh, these, these housing projects, these affordable housing projects, has to be spent in a very specific way. And you have to have the knowledge and administration to fill out all the forms, to get the money right, to manage it. It's, it's not just uh, some contractor out there with a B license trying to build some, some affordable units. It's, it's a much bigger deal. So picking the right partners is, is very important. And again, there's not a lot to choose from in the fact that it's somewhat now a specialized field. There's a project being done over by Walmart that is like this also in atwater they just recently approved a project by their bowling alley that's going to be done under the same premise that the developer takes a long-term view of the project again addressing all the concerns that folks have with affordable housing in these places they do not look uh, like affordable housing of the past low-income housing whatever some of the old tropes were they're they're not that at all Again, they're going to talk about the in-hybrid virtual, <laughs> I can't believe this, AB361. Boy, this is a new one. And how long is it going to go for? I think I heard somewhere that this is going to go through 2024, the legislation. So I guess the COVID-19 is going to be a five-year event under AB361. There's a vacant redistricting advisory committee vacancy. They're going to try to apply a qualified applicant also appointments to the tax transparency commission by district an at-large seat this is where they were trying to combine uh, some of the tax measures it's hard to find people to sit on these if you have too many boards you can't get enough people to fill them 
I think there's going to be some discussion about some of the other boards and commissions, the vacancies that are existing. Well, we're out of time for the six o'clock hour. Appreciate having you here with me. I know that we've had a couple of repeats the last few weeks at six o'clock, but Lloyd Pereira was a good interview. And it's amazing how many people heard it for the first time last week. So anyway, hopefully uh, you heard it too. If you didn't, you can go to 1480kyos.com, click on that podcast banner, and it's there, along with, uh, I don't know, 220 other shows now. But we're out of time for this segment and this show of Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley, on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll see you later.